Am I throwing you off? Nope. Didn't think so. Welcome to Nothing Matters, where we pick through the internet's garbage fire so you don't have to. Yes, that nothing matters. We're serious. From the unceasing flames of 2020, we've risen like a phoenix to say, racism is a public health crisis, black and brown lives matter, and the key to real allyship is admitting that you're the dumbest bitch in the room and you'd really benefit from taking a seat right now. Does your take scooter still work? Strap on that helmet and let's dive into the issues in the only way we can without immediately needing our medical marijuana prescriptions for existential anxiety. I'm Lauren Hawkinson, and I'd like to be considered for the executive editor role of the New York Times. And I'm Ben Timmons. I put that bitch down in the South African emerald mine where she belongs. Let's get back into it, shall we? Hi, Ben. Lauren. It's 2020. Did we really just accidentally hit fast forward on that stupid Adam Sandler remote that actually controls your life instead of your television? Yes, and we hopped into the hot tub time machine and brought working hair dryers with us. So, how was the end of your 20s? It's so nihilist to say that, but like, yeah, I'm 30. We're, we're both 30. We're both 30. Whole years old now. Mm-hmm. Um. I wish that meant that we were wiser, but, like, it's more like we're more savvy about being dumb bitches. At least on my part. Yes, fully. I am dumb, but also I know that I'm dumb, and therefore it's like a continuum where now I feel like my own knowledge gathering is power. And all, and I'm just sitting here just... I'm like that... What is that that like wind up monkey that just pushes the the symbols together? But somehow it's also on the set of Schoolhouse Rock when they're like, no, it's just power. Um, and that should tell you that I'm I'm exactly as dumb as I was before. More more self-aware about it, but um I guess that's that's my therapist tells me that's really what your 30s bring. It's not actually um wealth or equity or deeper friendships. It's just um an unrelenting torrent of bullshit that you somehow become slightly better at understanding is bullshit. So in accepting your own stupidity, uh, what else has changed? Um, I mean, like everything. <laughs> so let's see. Um, yeah, let's 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 take like a quick like housekeeping check. Um, the last time we podcasted, um, let's see, I was working in finance. I was working in marketing and finance. Um, I had a boyfriend of a couple of years. Um, I lived in my dead grandmother's house. Um, that was mm-hmm. great. Uh, and none of those things are true anymore. Like just none. I, like just just none. So um, I've upgraded my job. Um, I went from finance to uh, consulting. Um, I, I'm still a dumb marketing bitch, so don't don't get it twisted. Um, I'm single. I mean, I would tell say that I'm ready to mingle mingle, but like. It's COVID-19, so I'm single, and and that's it, I guess. Um, and I don't live with my dead grandmother. Um, I live, um, oddly enough, around the corner from Elizabeth Warren. It's a long, long, long story, but um, yeah, it's it's cute. It's, um, it's sort of befitting of a 30-year-old. 
don't know. I like like stupid aside on that, by the way. Um, I don't know if we talked about this. Um, the night that Elizabeth Warren dropped out of the race, I um, I went on a date. And so um, we met at a lovely bar that I adore a couple blocks from my house and things are going well. And, you know, of course, we talked about, you know, how much we miss Liz already. So um, we're like walking back like he's going to like take the train or something like that. And like we weren't heading back to my place to have sex. But he was like, oh, let's just like walk and whatever. Um, and so we end up walking down Linnean Street in Cambridge and we like turn the corner and there's this like candlelight vigil looking shit in the street and I'm like what what on God's name is going on um the people of Cambridge were devastated of course I mean so was I um and then like who's parked in Liz's parking spot right in front of her really truly adorable house but a giant NBC news van and so I jokingly turned to uh the guy that I um was flirting outrageously with that night and I was like oh ha 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 (laughs) Rachel's probably inside um she was Rachel Maddow was literally interviewing Liz Warren as we walked by so oh my god that was that interview Mm mm-hmm which took place in her living room. Wow. I just thought it was funny and weird and stupid. But yeah, that's being 30 is having to deal with a crushing disappointment that a really, really, really qualified person isn't going to be president in Liz Warren. Mm. Anyways, um, how's your 30th or 31st year, depending on who you ask and how semantic and dumb they want to be? Yeah, I mean... uh I think that this is weird. I mean, holistically, if we're going to talk about when Nothing Matters ended, I think that you and I were in significant opportunities, like inflection points in our lives. And I think that neither of us, yeah, neither of us could really come to terms with it in a way. Uh, 2017 was a bitch and we barely got out (laughs) and together. 100%. And... And I think for the last couple of years, I have just been on this weird pro- productivity kick, I guess. Uh, there are a few things that happened in my life. I mean, obviously, I still work in tech. I still live in San Francisco. Um, I guess the biggest thing that has changed in my life is, is that I uh, stopped talking about it and started being about it. And I am a drag queen now. Um, which is a funny thing to say. Um, in you're the this draggiest, context. you're the draggiest bitch alive. I, and so I am. It really, really was a case of you telling me that, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yes. yeah, that makes sense. How long we've been friends now for a decade? That's the scariest thing anyone's ever said. But yes, <laughs> I believe that you have seen witnessed and said yourself um several people that we know have called me a drag queen to my face for a very long time yeah i think like that is a thing that people would say yeah i can't tell if straight people are like trying to get one over on you by being like has anyone ever told you you're such a drag queen like it's kind of prophetic but then there's also like it's I think especially at this point in your life, Lauren, like it's very much a cast off comment now because it's like everybody fucking knows like Lauren, you're such a drag queen. 
And I'm I'm yes. really glad that that ended up being the like reverse vision board thing that like people just kind of kept saying it and it just kind of kept being pushed on you and you're like, fuck it, bio queen status engaged. Fully, fully. I think, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how my whole life is all the time uh, in a way where... <laughs> People will just tell me to my face all the time that I'm one thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but I actually do love drag. Um, like I say, drag is therapy with glitter. Being able to step on a stage, you know, uh, now, I mean, I guess right before this pandemic hit, I was on, I was, I was working like three, four times a month, once a week. You were on Fuego. How my 2020, yeah, how my 2020 was shaping up was that I was becoming like a weekly drag queen in San Francisco, which is oh, actually a lot um, comparatively, even though there's a lot of shows here. Um, so I was putting out original art and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, what was going on emotionally through art expression, which is something that uh, I guess I personally have never felt qualified to do. But then once I started doing it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can totally do this. <laughs> I have a lot of the skill sets that actually make this uh, good for me. Um, so I've been doing that. And obviously, since the shelter in place orders came down in San Francisco, which, by the way, um, was mid-March, um, it is now June. <laughs> Uh, I have been creating a drag video basically once a month for at least um, a regular show called the Monster Show Virtually Live, which is a um, a virtual version of the bar show that I am, I would say, most closely involved with, which is the Monster Show. It is San Francisco's most ridiculous drag show. Uh, it is a... I think the longest running drag show, the longest running contiguously running drag show in San Francisco. Um, and it is Thursday nights at the edge. And it is a place where a lot of people have started out and a lot of great artists have spent time in. And it has been wonderful, um, you know, being affiliated with that show and being affiliated with its online version. So it's kind of funny, you know, even though I am trapped in the walls of my apartment, and rarely go out, frankly, like even opportunities in which I can and probably should go out. I do not. Um, but I am spending a lot of time engaging with drag, engaging with makeup, trying to figure out how to navigate this digital world of drag that has sprung up essentially overnight and is now something that I'm you know, excited to say is part of my hobby hobby life and then you just like uh, straight addition, up untalked the hot and did that keys and crates song that i'm obsessed with oh glitter yeah yeah i i assume that probably in a in a, a fit of shameless self-promotion um i will leave my link to my youtube playlist of my numbers that exists uh, in the notes. But yeah, Glitter, I don't know. How, did you have a chance to see the one that I did recently for Sophie's face shopping? I hadn't seen the, fa the, the Sophie one yet, but I caught Glitter at like the exact right time. And you know, there's just sometimes moments where like a DJ plays something and you have to stop and just like scowl at them. Like how very dare you play this fantastic track at this exact time. I was like, God damn it. 
Yeah. Really? Dot coms, coms coming out with the keys and crates. And not just like regular keys and crates, like the one song that I'm unholy obsessed with from their from their catalog. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I like to think of myself as a tastemaker and an idiot. And I appreciate <laughs> Which is that. why you love Sophie so much. <laughs> it is why I love Sophie so much. And yes, um, I would say that my scheduling, although obviously due to um, world issues, has been delayed, but I have a lot of really amazing stuff in the hopper, and I'm really excited to show everyone what I have done um, that uh, I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler alert by the time this podcast comes out, but may or may not include uh, Ariana Grande's cover of Thundercats Them Changes. Which is truly, so you know, we talk a lot about cultural resets now in 2020, I don't yeah. know if we can ever fully explain how much her BBC Live launch performance of Thundercats Them, Ch- Them Changes was a cultural reset. It's an underrated, iconic moment in Ariana Grande's truly storied history. And I am excited to put drag to it, to have put drag to it. Um, yeah, so so keep your eyes on that space. So... We have a like a literal unrelenting list of garbage fires that we have to talk about. Um, and and we, we will get to that. But so today is um, it's June 5th. It's Friday when we're recording this. Um, <clears throat> we feel like we need to talk about the elephant in the room before we get into more of this sort of humorous take on what's going on. There is some shit going on in the streets right now and what's especially galling about it is that it's not new it's a continuation of what we understand now and have been made to understand has been going on for literal decades which really means it's been going on for literal centuries and we're obviously talking about the protests going on in the streets right now um, against police brutality and, and really genuinely against the fact that the system has failed um, huge, huge swaths of its population, especially black and black and brown people. We are here um, to remind you for a second that we are uh, white. We are really, really profoundly white and um, Caucasian as Caucasian as uh first ballot hall of famer podcaster Jesus nice would say we are from the caucus mountains so uh no we are not here to take airtime um that's really better suited where black and brown people are actually sharing their experiences and 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 more of their resources on how to really genuinely um grab white privilege and police brutality and all of that by the scruff of the neck and throw it out the window where it belongs. Um, We want to have some fun, but we can't do that without first saying black lives matter, first of all, and we're not ever going to stop saying that. And we're not going to stop fighting for that until such a time as the society around us actually understands it truly, not just by it, by saying it back, but by doing it. And we, we want, I think, beyond anything else to say to um, the people in our lives, the people of color in our lives, that we support you and we endeavor to back up that support, that 
moral support that we are expressing right now in in deeds in actions in actual 3d real life as much as we can from here on out yeah i mean i think that you said everything that needs to be said um i think that from a place of allyship which i think you and i try very consciously to do especially on this podcast i mean check the receipts i think that this has been conversations that we've had time and time again as far back as 2015 that we've had conversations about police brutality, about systemic racism, about the way that we as a culture, especially culture online, have dealt with the reckoning of seeing through a smartphone camera lens the violence and callous brutality that is happening on our streets you know in our neighborhoods to members of communities you know for no fucking reason and you know this is not new but it is also a time for everybody to educate themselves educate yourself educate yourself especially if you're an ally especially you know if you look and uh you look like you're a little bit closer to milk than to coffee on the on the beautiful coffee chart of skin tones if you're closer to that milk side educate yourself please please uh follow black lives matter follow tamika mallory follow amanda seals follow Br- Brittany Pagnet cunningham uh i would prefer you not follow sean king but that's another discussion that i'm not about to have find intelligent amazing people of color they are all around they are on social media they are there to speak about their experiences speak on behalf of others implement policy affect change um, you know, look to those people, look to them and listen to them and don't respond. Just listen. These people are far more knowledgeable than we are. They are doing real actionable work and we are fully aware that they have an infinite amount more to deliver to the conversation than we do. So listen, please do research and think about the anti-racist actions you can take today. The stuff that you can do today you know, being annoying, calling your congressperson, texting your congressperson, writing an angry email, signing a petition, donate your money, especially, especially if you are secondary degree holder in a white collar job like me and Benjamin are. You have no excuse. Open your purse. Pick a cause. Um, I personally enjoy donating $35 a month to, to causes because at the end of the year, that is a dank round 420 that you've given <laughs> to a charitable cause. 420 for that. the cause. 420, 420 for the cause. Deliver 420 to the cause every year. You know, do those things because that is the place of support that you can give. That is the, your time, your uh, money and your ability to speak and navigate the system in a way that black and brown folks just can't like do that you know because that is the most important thing that you can do um and yeah this is a really trying time my heart goes out to everybody uh you know on the front lines, organizing, developing policy, trying to make their voices heard, trying to you know talk to cops trying to yell at cops people getting hurt out there you know please stay safe 
Um, but yeah, this is a crazy time. And I think that it is going to be something that will be historically momentous if we let it. All right, Ben, we haven't done this in a while, but are you ready to fire up the take scooter and uh, get into some garbage? Lauren, do you want to ride the take scooter off into the sunset while also setting garbage fires? Beep, beep, bitch. I'm 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 so excited. Beep, beep. Okay. So here's the deal, Lauren. Um, you and I, we've been texting back and forth like all week and we've been talking about these garbage fires and, you know, we used to do three, right? We used to do a low key and a high key and a nuclear and yep. and that was cool, right? Like it's like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good sort of well-organized way to have a podcast. Um, the problem is um, we just sort of kept adding things to it. And uh, by my count, we yeah. have um, 15. 15 different garbage fire items to talk about. So here's the thing. Uh, I have decided uh, that um, there's one that we we have to talk about. We're just going to talk about it right off the top. Mm -hmm. After that, I'm going to have you pick a number. And we'll pick like, I don't know, two, three, four, whatever. Um, And whatever number you pick is going to correspond to an item and we're just going to we're just going to fucking roast it. Okay, sounds good. And then at the end, we're just going to dump everything else. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> because honestly, who has time to talk about 15 separate garbage fires that are going on right now? I mean, I think that this is something that we we did joke about when we were putting this show together, which is like the minute that we decide that we want to bring nothing matters back, it's like the universe says, "Oh, really?" And just delivers a deluge of things that normally would have, like, back in, like, 2016 or whatever, just normally would have been like, oh, this is the number one nuclear, you know, gotta be. And now it's just like, we just got totally slammed with, like, a venerable buffet of just wild ass shit that I, again, I we must be living in a simulation because I have no idea how all of this happened so um i'm certainly ready uh to roast um our 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 primary senator um uh good senator from arkansas yes i believe that would be senator racy mcplantation of arkansas No, seriously, though, I think I saw on Twitter, somebody said something along the lines of like, if you were to build like a comic book archetype of a racist senator from the South, who's an asshole, his name would be Tom Cotton. No, really, I think so. I I feel like, you know, one of the jokes that sprouted up since we last podcasted was about how machine learning, you know, the whole like, oh, we made machine learning create a new episode of Seinfeld right from watching 10,000 hours or whatever I feel like if you fed a whole bunch of stuff into a machine and be like machine give me the name of a real like give me a really racist name for a politician it would just be like Tom Cotton yeah yes and the thing is is that Tom Cotton Tom Cotton's really no stranger to be I mean Tom Cotton's not like a famous he's not a famous racist right he's not he's not Steve King right um 
you know, he's not, he's not, uh, you know, some less than savory comments made by Jeff Sessions. He's not, he's not that, but, but Tom Cotton, Tom Cotton really made a, like a big name for himself, not just in conservative spheres, but like across the country, because during the Iran nuclear deal, Tom Cotton was like, you know, guys, I don't, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know if this is a good idea. And so he, I think the best way to describe it would be, I think he wrote a Dear John letter to, to the country of Iran during the Iran nuclear deal. Um, I don't think he understands how diplomacy works, but I guess he did it. I mean, it didn't really do anything, but, but there you go. Tom Cotton, some random junior senator from Arkansas being like, hey guys, uh, you're all terrorists and this deal is terrible and etc. And so, and so that's why we understand Tom Cotton, but really I, I feel like Tom Cotton needs to change his affiliation this week because Tom Cotton really went above and beyond the like right wing Republican. Like I, I even think he went beyond provocatory. I think he needs to change that R for Republican to A for anarchist because Tom Cotton fucked more shit up than like a bored police officer driving an ex military vehicle down an urban street pointed directly at a protest. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is sort of the funny thing, right, which is that um, over the course of 24 hours, Tom Cotton went from like what I would estimate being like a B tier GOP Senate dumbass. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you oh yeah, him, he's like he's you, not top billing. No, no, he's not even like a first five no. or first ten in the credits. Like, he's definitely in that definitely like mid tier. Like, he has a, he's a named character, right? He's not like Senate douchebag number five, but yeah, he's yeah, definitely yeah. He he's is, not he's not. Well, we'll talk about that senator later, but he's not yeah. like he's not like that top tier. No, no. To quote to quote uh, Kylie Minogue in the infamous Kylie vs. Kylie lawsuit, um, he is a tertiary supporting character in the United States Senate. God, that's withering. Um, we we owe that woman so much. But yeah, yeah, I, I, know, I, right? I, I like that. Right, like he's a supporting but, character's supporting character. Yeah, he kind of he's in the he's in the peloton of just dumb Republican senators, but he's not like yeah, he's not like a Rubio, he's not, you know, he's definitely not, you know, Graham or McConnell. He's like he just nobody would ever, you know, they would look at him and think like, "Oh yeah, of course this fuck." But they're not really going to know that he's bad. Um except for now, he uh I I I just want to I just want to read I just the, I, the headline yeah. is just send in the truth. So what Tom Cotton to take your metaphor, Lauren, what Tom Cotton was in is he was in what's usually called like the chase group in a, in a bike race. Like you were caught, you were talking about the Peloton, right? Like he's in yes. that second group, right? There's the first group. There's like two or three guys who just like battling out for a yellow jersey or a pink jersey or a, a, a medal or a trophy or whatever. Yeah. And then there's like that second group. Of people who are still jockeying, but they're not they're not gonna be on the podium. Tom Cotton, just like like at the base of the mountain, maybe a third of the way up, decided, you know what? I don't really care about finishing this race. 
I'm going to go full gas. I'm just going to fucking send it. And I'm going to pass everybody else in this race. And he did. And so it started when um, when he tweeted that um, I, I randomly tweeted like the like a bunch of names of military outfits of 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 particular wings or I'm missing a word here, but he basically was just like, "Yeah, this is a great idea. Let's send in like the 101st Airborne and like the 22nd Cavalry and and all these things." It was just sort of like Tom. First of all, this is not a good idea, and it's kind of not constitutional. And also, like, are you just are you just repeating names of of battalions that you know? And then we all laughed and kikied, and we we're like, ha ha ha, Third Amendment Insurrection Act, like all this shit. And then, and then he literally went to the New York Times and was like, here's an op-ed that just says it all, all of that, but like writes it out, and they published it. Yeah. Yes, um, I have it open on my screen, which, spoiler alert, now it includes, like, a basically an editor's note as long as the column itself, um, essentially apologizing for it. <laughs> but um, I want to um, pull a quote. Um, uh, Nihilist criminals are simply out for loot and the thrill of destruction with cadres of left-wing radicals like Antifa infiltrating protest marches to exploit Floyd's death for their own anarchic purposes. These rioters, if not subdued, will not only destroy the livelihoods of law-abiding citizens, but will also take more innocent lives. Oh, my god i mean lauren like back of the napkin calculations right like how many people did antifa kill this week right like it's like 20 right like it's 20 maybe 30 like it's like 30 people have died at the hands of of antifa right like antifa's just been like showing up at showing up at protests and just been like you run the rolex store pow dead right right that's 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 happening right i I believe that their current body count is zero. You know, I believe you might be right. I believe that they have hurt. I believe that they have killed. No, I believe that they have killed no one. And that's kind of what makes this wild. Antifa has maybe dunked on a few people this week. Let's be frank. Oh, yeah. They've probably dunked on a bunch of people. But um, Antifa's killed no one. and which, Which is made all the more galling by the fact that, like, let us not forget that some of these quote less lethal implements that are being literally fired directly at people in contravention of how these bullets the like fucking cops can't read the instruction manuals um like people have died let's be let's let's keep it yes. all the way 100 people have died in these protests number of deaths in protests that can be can be uh can be attributed to antifa is um zero zero it's it's fully it's zero. zero and and so yeah. this is where like this is where this just 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 this downward march of just just is inexorable march of bullshit happened and so you know credit i guess to the new york times but really not the people who published it but rather rather the other intrepid people of the new york times who decided to fact check an op-ed um after it was published in which it was found not only that 
uh, Tom Cotton was engaging in the kind of misinformation when talking about Antifa that the New York Times had actually written a factual, not an op-ed, a factual article about. Um, but Tom Cotton misquoted the Constitution. Yes. Yes. Misquoted the Constitution. He did. He he misquoted the Constitution. He heavily skewed historical um, precedent for utilizing military force uh, domestically. He uh, he basically described protests as essentially the purge. Which is really funny to me, like how very closely aligned it's like looters gleefully crushing stores and hurting innocent people. Like it sounded very The Purge. And truly, it was such a blatant and flagrant um, embellishment and misinterpretation, willful misinterpretation of what is going on in the country that just like it is almost like he opened his mouth super wide under a sign that said President Trump insert boot. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he just fully he just gave Trump like a total slob job and the New York Times allowed it. The New York Times allowed Cotton's like in like terrible ideas, but, you know, just interminably obvious uh, attempt to lick Donald Trump's boots. They allowed Tom Cotton to launder that through the times um, ostensibly in the name of like quote unquote, both sides journalism, which again, speaking of a topic that we have covered like more than two times on Nothing Matters, both sides journalism comes up a lot. And it's really wild. I mean, it's not the first time that the New York Times op-ed section under James Bennett has been under fire for like genuinely perpetuating bullshit opinions. (laughs) Barry Weiss. Um, Lauren, I don't know if you have a cough, but it kind of sounded like you said <coughs> Brett Stevens, and I don't. Oh shit! Oh, that was that's allergies, man. Yeah, no, but those people and those people are on staff. That's not even you know counting the the insane amount of insensitive. Um, completely misinformed op-eds that they have run. I, they run one by, like, I believe Mike Pompeo had one um, not too long ago. They have run Lauren, these... Mike Pom- these... Running a, a Mike Pompeo op-ed is questionable, but he is, or was, I don't even remember what the Trump administration at this point, the Secretary of State, Lauren, they ran an op-ed by Eric Prince, noted oh, maybe God. allegedly privateer war criminal... Like, yeah. And so, yeah. right, there's been this back and forth. And um, just full disclosure, Lauren and I both have journalism degrees. Um, yeah. So we're qualified to talk about this, gold star for us. Um, but I, it, it continues to come to this thing, which is, Lauren, I don't really remember during journalism school that there was really ever this focus on better establishing what is right not not in terms of factual accuracy right like that that shit's drilled into you forever right don't put bad facts fact check fact check etc but like these larger ideas of like what is not left versus right but right versus wrong like correct versus incorrect 
and and it sh- that shit shows right like we've been talking yeah. for years about you know we 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 talk about brett stevens and barry weiss not because we disagree with them, because we do, um, or David Brooks, uh, or a, uh, quite a lot of those people. But it's sort of like the fact that those are, they're, they're so often not fact-checked. Um, I mean, yeah. Brett Stevens's first column made one assertion. It was about, it was kind of climate science denialism, which is bullshit to begin with, but it made one factual assertion around science, and it was wrong. And so it's yeah. sort of like uh, fail, and so and so it just kept going and going and going, and and, and that's how we end up here. And um, what was found out this week, which I I can't I cannot understand and fathom, right? Like a newspaper, like the New York Times, posts thousands and thousands of words a day. It's not expected that everyone is going to read everything before it goes out. But basically, what happened was um, James Bennett didn't read this before it went out. No. No, he did not. He did not. He said that in an in an open forum after being dragged by basically every New York Times reporter, uh, every at least every millennial New York Times reporter and almost every single I bet every single uh black New York Times reporter. Um I mean, I saw quotes from Jasmine Hughes, Jenna Wortham, Katie Weaver, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Um, hashtag NYT Queens. Damn, that is like a great lineup of people. That's a fucking Avengers right there. Yeah, I saw, and I saw people who weren't associated with the Times who were, um, who are really influential media folk. People like uh, Ira Madison the Third. Um, were coming through and talking, uh, you know, about how dangerous this was. And so uh, New York Times had an open forum um, today. And essentially, yeah, James Bennett admitted that they had not only sought out the op-ed uh, to run uh, on New York Times, they they reached out to Cotton Steam and um, asked him if he would write an article that was basically about his tweets, which were, again, um, encouraging uh, the United States to accept military uh, intervention um, on protests, um, but also um, that he didn't read it. He didn't read it. Right. He the didn't job. Read it. It, it came up that the job was left to a 25 year old former Weekly Standard writer who. Yeah. Listen, I have my reservations about the media organization that gave us bill crystal um and i truly continue to think that the right-wing media sphere is just like a giant multi-level marketing scandal but let's set that aside for a second um an op-ed that raised the specter of deploying u.s troops on u.s soil under a law that hasn't really that, that that genuinely speaking like hasn't been touched since maybe maybe rodney king and probably going back even further but really kind of cuts to the heart of like the third amendment um yeah of the constitution was um that job was left to to i mean 25 is not a child but you're not exactly a grizzled old newspaper editor and also yeah. it's fucking advocating for the military on united states soil like shouldn't everyone read that like listen you and i have both in our times as writers had to publish things or, or worked on on projects where it was like mm, this is kind of this is kind of sensitive this has to go to x or it has to go to y or it has to go to legal and it's like 
I like I couldn't publish when I worked in social media for a bank, I couldn't publish a picture of six people wearing matching t-shirts and shovels doing community service without going through two levels of, of legal and C-suite signing off on shit. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're the gray lady paper of record. Yeah. Just, just, just fat, just fast track that. No problem. Yeah. And I think that that speaks more broadly to this weird sort of um, like moon logic that has come up uh, ever since Donald Trump was elected. And it's 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 a very weird, touchy thing. And and I think that it's something that newspapers um, of record, longstanding newspapers are struggling with. It's something that local papers are struggling with. It's something that broadcast uh, both cable and the local news are struggling with. It is hell. It is something that social media platforms are struggling with, which is this idea that um, even if something is wrong, it remains newsworthy. Like Mm -hmm. this has been the whole Donald Trump argument, which is that like uh, probably if you're listening to Donald Trump and his lips are moving, he is saying a lie to you. Um, it is almost a given fact that he has no idea about like statistics or science or history. Um, I firmly do not believe that he does not understand actually what the job of president is. And he's been doing the job for almost four years. Like he still has no idea what a president does. Um, and it is painfully clear every time he speaks that he has no idea what a president does. Um, but his dealing in misinformation and disinformation in order to make him look like super cool guy, big dick swinger, and everybody else look like lame, sissy, whiny babies. The fact that he does that, the fact that he deals in lies in order to punch up his rhetoric and fire up his base have basically pushed this idea of like, well, what he is saying is wrong, but he is the president, and so we should say something about it, like we should report on it. And that logic is really what we're seeing in action on this dumbass op-ed, because everything that Cotton says is fucking wrong. He does not have a grasp on what is going on. He is merely repeating talking points in order to support the president. That is entirely what his job is, because I don't know. He wants brownie points. He wants a spot in the administration. I don't believe that his seat is up uh, in November, which is why this is so fucking puzzling to me. It's like you're gaining nothing from this. But truly, it is it is the fact that the New York Times, the, the um that James Bennett, who, by the way, is gunning for the executive, he's gunning for the executive editor role. Like, he wants to someday, like, take over the whole paper. It's been very clear. Oh, he's fully pushing for Dean Beckett 2.0. Or Beckett. He is. And, and but he has decided, he decided, like, okay, well, no matter, basically, no matter what Tom Cotton says, we have to run it. Because it is newsworthy, even if it is wrong. And that, my friends, is the dangerous thinking that has jeopardized journalism around the world. Like, the massive erosion and decline of journalism is not only a sign that we are entering into a a, a fascist-leaning 
uh, uh, nation state, like we are becoming Russia, um, every time the institution of journalism dies just a little bit more, we become more fascist. But it is also like, it, it is hard to overstate how damaging the the journalist the own like the fourth estate is to itself right in this case like it it is a self-inflicted wound that is being exacerbated by the 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 fact that our country is run by somebody who thinks that the newspapers are lying that disinformation spreads to the people People lose trust in journalism. People lose trust in outlets. They start to um, believe things that they see online that aren't fact-checked, that that may not be real, that may be emotionally driven. Because here's the other thing: let's 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 dig deep into my. Uh, I haven't put on my journalism hat in a minute, but lest I remind you, um. I used to share the same bed with somebody who used to work at Upworthy. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. And even back then, even back then with Upworthy on Facebook, they were uh, A-B testing 25 headlines to get people to emotionally click on stories that quote unquote mattered. Upworthy fucked journalism dog like dead ass upworthy and buzzfeed and the the viral uh strategy for news has focused people's attention on headlines that elicit emotion that elicit anger that elicit sorrow that elicit joy that elicit fear that is the things that go viral online the things that are shared on social media whether it is by um Everyday people or or organizations that are trying to make ad dollars off of their their two bit blog, those kinds of emotional appeals, those kinds of those kinds of stories get shares. And guess what? People don't fact check. Average citizens don't fact check. That is why, for example, you know, no no matter how well intentioned it is, you get you know bystanders on the street saying the police are planting bricks nearby protests. There's this the suspicious bricks conspiracy theory that cops are um are leaving piles of bricks everywhere, and it became this huge thing, and people were sharing it everywhere, and. BuzzFeed, of all places, I guess, atoning for its sins sometimes, did a huge thing on it and was like, actually, no, like, here's the thing, like, this isn't real. I checked in with all these sources. These aren't being planted by cops, all this stuff, but it doesn't matter. People now believe that the police are planting bricks near protest sites, and there is nothing that you can tell anybody that that is not true. And, oh, did you see something in, you know, BuzzFeed that said that? Well, you know, BuzzFeed is bullshit. And they lie all the time and I don't trust them and I don't trust it if it's in the Washington Post and I don't trust it if it's on Vox Media and I don't trust it if it's on the New York Times. I'm going to believe that. And that is dangerous. It is it is dangerous in all directions. And that's the thing that is the most wild about this is that you have, um, you know, great esteemed writers of The New York Times saying this puts us in danger. It puts their their uh, writers of color, their writers and editors of color in danger. It puts their people on site in protests in danger. And frankly, it puts The New York Times in danger because 
It is a bad avenue to go down. It will only lead to more disinformation. And now we are sitting in the middle of a global health and civil crisis. And the New York Times um, shit the bed, dude. They just shit the bed. I just keep coming back to this idea of Tom Cotton and and the Migos, right? Was was it? It was me. It was them, right? That that just do anything you want for clout. Like I just yes. keep coming back, coming back to that for Tom Cotton. It's just like, like do anything you want for clout. Do anything you want for clout. Do anything you want for clout. Do anything you want. like. Just feel like. I like I can't do a good Migos flow, but just imagine a Migos flow just being like straight up misquoting the Constitution and the Great Lady. Do anything you want for quote. Like it's just yeah. like he's not up for you're right. He's not up for election, and just he's just he's just he's just a clout chaser. He's just a you know for I I don't want to bottom shame here, but you know what, I, Lauren? Can we can we give Tom Cotton the Dick Rider of the Day award? Yeah, I'll allow it. That's because that's the other thing, by the way, that's happened in the last three years. Queen motherfucking radio. I, I'm sorry. We forgot to talk about that. We're not going to talk about it anymore. But you know what? If, if, we have, if we have to talk about Tom fucking Cotton and about just the complete degradation and the fact that Tom Cotton, by the way, got on Twitter today and was like, what's going on over at the New York Times? Ha ha ha. Like this, like this stupid, like Regina George during the, you know, when the, the, the fire drill is going off at the very end because she spread the burn book everywhere. Like he, like it's just this like agent of destruction against this quote left wing empire. Like if we have to talk about that, then you know what? We need to have a little bit of positivity, which is the Queen Radio is the weirdest shit I've ever heard, and yet it just makes sense. Sorry, Nikki does not deserve Tom Cotton, but um, but yeah. it just reminded me like these these idiots really are out here doing anything they can for clout. Yeah. So. And it's damage. It's damaging the New York Times again. Like you said, like Tom Cotton doesn't give a fuck. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck. Like anybody that they were trying to appease in order in running this doesn't give a fuck. Um, and nobody's going to get in trouble for it. Um, and it's just, it's it's, uh, it's a self own. It's an institutional self own that is just going to be a black eye on the times for a while, I would say. Um, and they lost thousands of subscribers, of course. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, <sighs> journalism in the modern era is already tough. We have seen, I have seen thousands of people, thousands of people get laid off in the past like three, four months, entire newsroom shutting down. People who used to run local papers are now homeless, like living in motels and still doing journalism and trying to find a way to make their careers, their decades long careers work. Like it is a crisis. It is a serious crisis. And it is something that will get no sympathy because the public doesn't care about the fourth estate and the public doesn't trust the fourth estate. And when you see the giants of the craft, like the times, uh, just uh, take a huge shit. It is really hard to feel like 
there is going to be a optimistic or like healing moment. Um, but I think that the one solace is that they have some incredibly intelligent, dogged, wonderful reporters that are on amazing, incredible, insightful beats. And, you know, in spite of what the opinion section might do, like the true reporting, the things that have happened, the ways that the Times has advanced in their reporting, you know, even right now, like there are still reporters doing great work. I just hope that, um, that we are able to reach a new era of journalism soon. Um, Hopefully that gives people an opportunity to understand and embrace the ethics and values of journalism and understanding that like, no, the media isn't just out there to like make money and, and uh, get clicks and get advertisements. Like granted, there's a lot of bullshit out there and, and, it requires people to be really smart about what kind of media they ingest and why and what is it serving and, 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 you know, what, what is the motivation, you know, but, um, I, I'm trying to remain optimistic and I hope that more people, um, see this and understand that the media isn't a monolithic business. It isn't uh blood sucking. It is, trying to speak truth to power and right now people do not believe the truth so we've been we've been we've been talking for a while so here's here's how this is going to go from here on out we needed to spend some time talking about tom cotton and same side you know both sidesism and 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 all this stuff um which I think sort of looking at everything else that we've put on here, that's the most serious thing that we had on the list. And so it really did deserve the time that we gave it. Bully. So here's the thing. Um, I have, uh, looks like, 15 other items. Okay. That we have the ability in, in as rapid fire or whatever rotation as we want to just fucking roast. Great. So... Here's the deal. Without looking at anything, I want you to pick a number between 2 and 16. And then I'm going to tell you whatever it is, and I, we're just going to go to town. Okay. Um, nine. <laughs> well, okay. So, number nine is... The National Football League maybe apologized for not being down with Black Lives Matter today. So, Lauren, um, I believe the text that you sent to me, um, actually you called me, was to say, Ben, the, the Nothing Matters podcast simulation has, has broken. And what it has done is it has farted out everything we've ever talked about, with one exception, and that exception is Drake. Um, it's farted out everything we've ever talked about. Yeah. There's too much dumpster fire. There's too much fire and not enough dumpster. Um, what are we going to do? And this was the thing that really put you and me over the edge. Roger Goodell, who, it just needs to be said, looks dumb. <laughs> Got on Twitter today wearing, I don't know if it was his, if he wore his usual sweater or not, but... And and he was like, you know what? We're sorry. 
we're sorry that um, that we were not down with BLM before. But you know what? You down with BLM? Yeah, you know me. It's NFL right up in here. And that was like it. And, Dude. And I, 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 it's, it's, it's weird and it's unfathomable because, I mean, first of all, the NFL was, was party to a pretty large lawsuit um, around collusion between, um, between teams because, um, lest we forget, uh, Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it speaks to so much that's going on that it's sort of like, you know, I was talking to someone today about this concept, right, of like the Overton window, like what is acceptable? And really in, in terms of like marketing and, and communications and, and, and branding, like what's what's expected, right? Like brands from like, from, from Nordstrom Rack to Target to like, I, I got one from my favorite tea store. We're just all saying this week, like, Black Lives Matter, and we support the movement, and, I mean, that made for some pretty interesting sort of juxtapositions between some brands like, I don't know, <clears throat> BuzzFeed, um, yep. where, you know, they were essentially being called out for, like, you created actively or passively um, an environment that was racially insensitive, and now you're going to hop on this bandwagon. But, like, for it to reach the NFL, like, this is, let's let's not forget, the NFL had to settle a lawsuit because it's its product kills people and they still haven't really fully apologized for that and yet to come out today on twitter and be like you know what they they even put you know what they even put subtitles on it i will give them that that's very inclusive they even put subtitles on a video being like you know what we're sorry that we 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 took our time getting to really getting to this point and it was just sort of like, Roger, what? Okay, I'm going to say two things. I'm going to preface this by saying, um, for being um, two uh, college-educated white people uh, in varying flavors of queer, um, we talk about football a lot. <laughs> Why? I don't even watch football. I don't even, I don't even watch football. I don't even watch football. And still, like, I stopped watching football, like, several, several, several years ago. And yet, and yet we talk about it a lot. And it is, it is mind-boggling to me. But it's because, too, the second thing that I was going to say, which is, dude, fuck Roger Goodell. Yo, like, fuck, fuck Roger him. Goodell. Seriously. Seriously, fuck him, dude. Like, I I was listening to an old Nothing Matters a while ago and we were talking about Jerry Richardson and him having to sell off the Carolina Panthers because he was a total fuck. Oh and my god, he was, I forgot about um, it. He was, the, he was the gropey one, right? Maybe? Yeah, allegedly. he was the gropey one, but he, yes, and you know, he he has he had this whole thing like there were there have been so many so many owners coaches gms who've come out in 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 the nfl and have basically said that um black lives matter is a terrorist group that kneeling for the flag is an insult to the troops Uh, colin kaepernick went through hell he went through hell to protest Black li- to, to protest for Black Lives Matter, to protest against police brutality, to make a very pointed and particular show about the fact that the offices of the NFL felt 
very much like the black athletes that were out there needed to perform for them needed to entertain crowds, and needed to shut up about politics, and needed to keep it out of the game. That was a huge, nasty fight. It is still affecting Colin Kaepernick today. And for Roger Goodell to come out and fucking be like, oh my god, we were so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry about this. Like, um, maybe we should have, like, uh, said something a little bit earlier, but, like, you know, we, we really stand by Black Lives Matter. Not like, fuck you, dude. No, like, nothing has materialized changed you coming out and saying we support black lives matter bitch where show me the receipt show me where the nfl has donated show me where nfl owners have donated millions of dollars to organizations to to black communities to youth organizations to decarceration organizations to i don't know um anti-voter suppression organizations like fuck you dude you just said black lives matter you don't even give a fuck you didn't even give colin kaepernick a job also, like, this is the NFL. Listen, again, I don't understand why Lauren and I know this much about this, but, like, fuck it. I don't know. I honestly but, I don't know why we know this much about no, football. I, I don't. I genuinely. But, like, this is the organization that, like, didn't particularly mind when Richie Incognito, who of, I believe, the Dolphins at the time, was just, like, a straight-up unrepentant racist. It to his teammate to the point where the teammate was just like mentally broken and like I think he got suspended for like a couple of games maybe and the NFL was like yeah sure whatever and then there was that that Riley guy from the Eagles who went to some Kenny Urban Chesney and Dunn contest concert and then was just like straight up on camera saying the n-word and that didn't seem to mind like listen Roger Goodell doesn't necessarily need to be like responsible for every single one of the players of and every single one of the organizations and every single part of the NFL but it's also like you um are like a living, walking embodiment of white privilege, and you've done really, really tremendously poorly with your job, and so you're still not doing very well, sir, and you don't, you don't get it, and I will be happy to be wrong if you prove it to me, but knowing your track record on things like, I don't know, traumatic brain injury in the people who make up the product that you sell to the American public um I don't I don't have a lot of faith in you so you know uh, fuck RG I was just gonna say fuck RG I was just gonna say dude I was just gonna be like the least that he can do is create a a lasting players pension fund for players of color who struggle with CTE like Jesus Christ, the very least, the very minimum that you can do is support the players that have gotten brain damaged from the sport. Like that is mere minimum baseline. But like, to be honest with you, I don't really care. Fuck Roger Goodell until I see the NFL donate like a, a sizable, a sizable, like a nine figure, 10 figure sum to community-led organizations. Uh, I don't know. He can keep it, and that's on period, and I don't give a fuck. Fuck you, Roger Goodell. That's it. 
Also, Roger, what is this like living room office, like wood paneling situation? And you're wearing like- Oh, in the Mr. Rogers sweater, the Mr. Rogers sweater. Just nah, 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 nah. No, Lauren, that's not a Mr. Rogers sweater. You know what that is? That's one of those like loose fitting, long sleeve performance shirts they sell at Costco. Oh shit, you're right, dude. Right? Whatever, like it's like, like Under um, Armour, but it's it's like it's like the 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 cheap like shout out to Costco, I love you, but still, it's like the Under Armour that like it's made for fat people. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. No, but that's it. That's it. Unless unless the NFL wants to start paying people for um for their sins and 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 start monetarily uh compensating folks and um give Colin Kaepernick a fucking job, like, then I might listen. Then, then I might listen. And also, banish Jerry Jones to whatever private island will get him and his really just honestly terrible looking, kind of racist and maybe misogynist slash allegedly a little bit gropey um ass as far away from us as possible you know what i i would i would i would be okay with that you know i could eat a stick of oberto beef jerky to that lauren how dare you bring up oberto beef jerky (laughs) the unofficial sponsor of nothing matters despite the fact that neither of us actually consume their products (laughs) i don't (laughs) all right anyways um all right all right let's go let's 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 we could we could literally can we edit this out i just want to say we could honestly talk about Stephen a smith (laughs) 45 minutes (laughs) the fact that Stephen a smith has become that much more of a meme machine in the last like oh it's just so good it's just so good okay all right all right lauren um we we have we've we've gotten rid of number nine we've we've banished roger goodell back from whence he came all right two to 16 let's just 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 pick a number and let's just let's just flame it four okay Ooh, this is a good one i mean they're all good ones but i feel like i have to i feel like i have to keep saying that okay lauren what does kylie jenner have in common with donald trump Ben, I do know the answer to this, but to be honest with you, I would love it if you said it. Well, it's a trick question. I'm sorry I tricked you. Um, There's actually two things. So the first one that comes to mind, right, is um, neither Kylie Jenner nor Donald Trump are actually their natural skin color. Ooh. Listen, if if we have to be subjected to Trump orange and Jenner permatan, but in a shade that I, I swear to God, the side of the bottle on the spray tan might as well say racially ambiguous. It's just it's it's gotten unconscionably bad. Anyways, um, but there's a second piece, and and that's what we really need to talk about, and that is that. Um, it came out this month that both Donald Trump, which we knew for a long time, but both Donald Trump and Kylie Jenner have both lied to Forbes magazine about their net worth. Yes. I think this is just, yes. I just, I just think this is perfect. Right? Like, I mean, like I remember reading the Donald Trump stuff and just being like, 
what kind of asshole like maybe f either i don't think he forged documents necessarily but but like what kind of asshole do you have to be to lie to forbes magazine to like try to get higher on the forbes list and then kylie jenner did it <laughs> yeah so um I think that this is important. I mean, because I don't know if anybody is really this knee deep into the car Jenner finances as we are. Um, so I think that it's really important to sort of set the scene as it were. So uh, Forbes in March of 2019 claimed that Kylie Jenner was a billionaire. That's that Forbes cover um, that is uh, shouted out in sicko mode by uh, Kylie Jenner's uh, baby daddy, um, Travis Scott. Uh, she became a billionaire off of Kylie Cosmetics, which had their, those wildly viral popular lip kits. Um, I have per personally never purchased one. Um, I found their quality to be not so good. If we're just gonna, gonna say the, t the true tea. But she made tons of money hand over fist, hand over fist. And um, when basically at the peak of Kylie Cosmetics fame, um, you know, they, she sold, um, uh, she, she sold this, uh, Kylie Cosmetics, uh, brand to Cody, which, uh, it, for those drag queens out there, yes, it's that Cody, grandma powder, finishing powder, Cody powder, Cody bought, uh, Kylie Cosmetics. And this happened, um, earlier this year. Um, so Forbes had declared her that she was a billionaire, this big popularity boost of Kylie Cosmetics, and uh, then it was sold to Cody in a deal valued at $1.2 So this basically meant, like, she's a billionaire. She had been a billionaire. She is a billionaire. Uh, basically, I guess Forbes decided to go fact check this, um, this claim and fact check uh, what happened. Um, and basically, um, the long, the long and the short of it is, is that they, they went back, did some math, checked the public filings from Cody, uh, and basically figured out that, um, while Kylie Jenner is rich, like, richer than I will ever be in my lifetime, richer than Ben will ever be in his lifetime, probably richer than anybody, probably richer than anybody who's going to listen to this podcast combined. Like, she's still fucking incredibly, insanely, like, unfathomably, unconscionably rich, but she's not a billionaire. And um, that deal with Cody was not $1.2 billion. She pocketed an estimated $340 million after taxes. She is not a billionaire. She is probably in the low 900s. Um, and basically all of this is to say that Forbes is trying to uh, systematically dismantle Kris Jenner. Which is funny because didn't it also come out that Kylie didn't actually own as much of that company as she had as as had been initially portrayed, and rather, the person who does really own fifty one percent of this company is Chris Jenner. 
Well, it's 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 interesting. It's it's it, 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 the breakdown is a little bit difficult to discern. Kylie is still an owner. Of, uh, she was well, she was an owner, but um, much of the uh, much of the percentage of ownership was actually placed in a trust, and that mm. trust was managed by Chris Jenner. So, yeah, I mean, like. Kylie did benefit significantly from the the deal. She still was like, I I I want to say that she still owned like a like a reasonable chunk of it. But Chris Jenner also had um, a, a stake in the company, which was a silent stake in the company, and um, kind of just looks incredibly fishy and needy. Understanding that the momager was the one that was hassling Forbes to get her baby put on this billionaire's list. Um, and this is like a weird, sick obsession that celebrities have. Some celebrities um, have, which is that they want to be perceived as richer than they are. And they want to uh, obtain these huge record-breaking, um, record-making uh, salaries and be listed on this dumb rich people's list. And uh, yeah, Kylie got totally caught out by Forbes. Um and uh, had to had to you know catch heat for it. I just i I have to. I feel like I have to take umbrage with Forbes's like motive here because I maintain still to this day that um, that the person in that family who could solve every ill that 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 afflicts this nation is not Kendall Jenner handing a, a bottle of Pepsi to a riot cop. Um, Pepsi, Kendall? Like regular? Like, yeah. Like Pepsi heavy? Oof. Yeah, where's she at? Is she marching in the streets? Is she on the front line handing Pepsis to cops? No, unfortunately, no. And that's, that's probably a good thing because I'm sorry, Pepsi. It's just, it's just not, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for me. Like, I don't even think handing out like a Coke heavy to a, to a riot cop would work. But, but no, it's not Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner is not the person who could fix America. It's I really genuinely think that Chris Jenner, given just enough runway to really, to really sink her momager talons into this country, could really could just fix so much. Like, like, could you just imagine, like, like you know, this movement that's going on to defund the police? Can you imagine Chris Jenner doing that? Where like, where 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 instead of you know driving ex military vehicles down the street and and chucking rubber bullets that by the way aren't actually made of rubber they're made of much harder stuff um that like cops were were really just like like public servants but then instead of them getting really mad about not being able to like fuck people up when they're having a bad day they could just get like a whole shit ton of like influencer income can you just imagine like like a nation full of instagram baddies because we all know that those people are just just absolute when 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 rubber meets the road when when feet meet pavement those people are useless right yeah. they're just about love and peace and and just fucking money and you know what that's like a such it's such an advancement on where like the current state of law enforcement is i feel like chris jenner could just fix things and so i feel like i you know, I'm not going to go protest because it's social distancing and it's it's a little bit it's a little bit frivolous. But like, I, I I need Forbes to understand that that you shouldn't really be going after Chris Jenner right now because I genuinely think that given enough flat tummy tea contracts, that she really could fix this entire nation. 
Well, I'm sure that she's okay because, um, in fact, just today, Forbes released it, it, its world's highest paid celebrities. Um, and can you guess who's at the top of that list? Calvin Harris's masseuse. Close. <laughs> um, I mean, I would hope it's Chris Jenner. It is, in fact, the world, the number one highest paid celebrity is Kylie Kristen Jenner. Even with all of this, even with not technically being a billionaire, the deal with Cody this year placed Kylie Jenner at the top of the Celebrity 100. She is the highest paid celebrity. And that is the true momager deal of it all. Is because in, in, its, in its previous uh, article about Kylie, Forbes laid out very clearly that Kylie and Chris have been inflating the sales and run revenue of Kylie Cosmetics for years, the viral potential for years. And it managed to, I'm not going to say hoodwink, because I guess we'll see what uh, Cody does with the brand. But I think that they hoodwinked an actual, like, I think Cody's like a 100-year-old makeup brand. They hoodwinked Cody into buying Kylie Cosmetics. And basically, like, a, it's it's junk. It's a it's a junk product. It it doesn't have the cachet. This isn't like this isn't like a Fenty. This isn't like an Urban Decay. This isn't like, you know, big major makeup brands like Smashbox or Makeup Forever or whatever. Or Anastasia Beverly Hills. Honest yeah, Anastasia, you know. Um it is not it it's even not it's not even like a good like influencer makeup if we're going to be truly honest like influencer brand influencer collabs are everywhere but by the virtue of being like hustling uh, being a hustler and 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 understanding how to spin um relatively nothing into literal millions of dollars Kylie Jenner has scammed her way to the top of the highest paid celebrity list. So I'm certain that uh, if Chris is sitting down um, in her bathrobe with cucumbers over her eyes and a white wine spritzer, she is just uh, congratulating herself on a job well done. Okay. So let's, let's go for three. What, what are we going to roast? Let's see. Because here's, here's the thing. I think it's going to get worse from here. Great. Um, which one? Which I did nine and I did. You did nine and we did number four. Number four. Um, and your options are anywhere do, between two and 16. Let's do 13. Ooh, this one's rough. I love that every time I say a number to you, you just have like the deepest it's sigh. Just, it's it's the sigh of every every one of my ancestors just being like, this fucking shit. Number thirteen, Leah Michelle is canceled. I was hoping we would talk about this, Ben. My thing. Okay, so my thing about this is like. Hasn't Leah Michelle been like gently getting canceled since Glee? 
Like, like it didn't take us long as a nation to understand and to intuit that Leah Michelle's character on Glee is just Leah Michelle, right? It's just her through and through. And so Yeah. And so it's this this weird reckoning, right? Of of that's been coming out this week against her is sort of like yes, I'm annoyed and a little bit appalled, but also somehow it all just like fits. Oh, yes. I I think that if anybody has watched more than 10 minutes of Glee, um, and maybe if you were unfortunate enough to actually, like, care about Scream Queens, which you should not have. I, I'm not that gay, unfortunately. You would get the sense that Leah Michelle is, like, a piece of work. So, obviously, you know, everybody's coming out with apologies these days, talking about how they're listening to, um, to the black community, or they are tweeting support for Black Lives Matter. I guess Leah Michelle was um, on Twitter, and she decided that she would tweet support for Black Lives Matter, and uh, her former Glee co-star, um, Samantha Ware, who has since gone on to do TV um, in, in, I think had also had a stint in the Chicago production of uh, Hamilton, um, she basically replied and said, remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig, amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. And basically, the moment that that happened, um, people just hopped out of the woodwork just hopped out and was like, oh, yeah, Leah Michelle, she's terrible. She's, you know, she made my life a living hell. She was snitty to me. She was a little bitch, all this stuff. And, like, again, I'm going to stress, I don't think anybody was surprised. Well, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's two things that really stood out to me. One was, and I'm, I'm hoping this is accurate and that I wasn't accidentally reading The Onion, but that... Uh, Leah Michelle was very annoyed um, that she did not get the lead, the a, a a starring role in West Side Story because quote she learned Spanish for this, um, <laughs> and B um, one of the people who quietly backed up what um, what Samantha Ware was saying is um, house music and Broadway goddess Alex Newell and. Oh, I just, I, that was really what spurred me to action. Um, I didn't do anything, but um, if you ever in your life come against Alex Newell, who has maybe one of the best house music songs of the last five years with, with uh, it's either Blonde or The Magician, and I can't remember right now, but it doesn't matter because Alex Newell is functionally perfect and if you ever in your life come against this person um it's over and so i've you know i've never really been a huge part of the whole ryan murphy universe um i mean i love pose but that one only sort of counts um so no i was never really a, a, an american horror story person but it's like Leah michelle is canceled and so um bye bitch 
Yeah, I mean, her, she tried to apologize, um, and it was one of those, like, I'll just quote it, because I think it's really important, because it, it, it should really get across how much of, like, a horrible C she must be in real life. Um, whether it was my privileged position and perspective that caused me to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times, or whether it was just my immaturity and me just being unnecessarily difficult, I apologize for my behavior and for any pain which I have caused. We can all grow and change, and I have definitely used these past several months to reflect my own shortcomings. Like, fuck off. I really love, I really love the, the inflection, too. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I'm sad to say that that is how it sounded in my brain. Yeah. Um, but truly, I think that this is something that's really important, which is, you know, um, if you've done problematic shit in your past, probably now when everybody is angry and some people are stuck in their homes and other people are nursing wounds from protests and other people are sick of seeing the news. If you've done something problematic in your past, it's going to come up and you're going to get dragged for it. And like, just take it. Do You know what I mean? Right. Just right. take it. Just take it. And like, I don't know if this is going to end Leah Michelle's career. You know, as far as I know, she's been on exactly one project since leaving the Murphyverse. Um, and that was like the mayor or something. I think it was. Oh, yeah, the mayor. yeah. That was, random one. Yeah, that one. But it's not on air anymore. So like. Uh, I don't know whether or not she's going to have a career. I don't know whether or not she's going to, like, have her baby and then all of a sudden invest in a diapers company or some, like, vegan baby food or some bullshit, you know, like celebrities do once they've reached motherhood. Wow, but, drag Jessica know, Alba through the goddamn gutter, why don't you? <laughs> Whoops. Um, But no, I mean, not just her. It's, it's like a common... It's a... I'm just... It's a common... Anyway. Um... Uh she's probably going to end up continuing to have a career, continuing to have like B level headlines on people.com. You know, she'll be below the fold, but she'll still have money and she'll probably make money off of Glee syndication once that rolls around in earnest. And like, yeah, uh, get, just take it, you know, you know, take it, take your drag, take, take, take getting your ass uh, kicked down the street. Take getting red for filth. Just do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't give a fuck about Ryan Murphy. I definitely double don't give a fuck about Leah Michelle. So as far as I'm concerned, like, this has just been a deliciously, like, a, a petty snack to consume in between, you know, um, scenes of psychological trauma happening on our streets. All right, Ben. Lauren, let's spin the wheel one more time. I know where I want it to land, but you honestly can't go wrong here. Mm. 16. Okay, let's see. What do we got? This is the good one. (laughs) This is the good one. Okay. Um, So, I, I, I... there's no corollary for this. And so I'm just going to read what I wrote on the, on the page and we can figure it out together. What I wrote was gay 
ass model decides to atone for <laughs> literally any racist thought he's ever had, and it's literally girl what? Now, Lauren, in the notes that we share in the Google Doc, I have put a Twitter link. Um, yes. And, and this will be in the notes for the podcast for yes. review for everybody. Yes. Um, what I want you, I, you maybe or maybe haven't seen this before. I want you to click it and respond. Okay. I have seen this. Okay. Um, but I didn't read it. Okay. So listen, every piece of like societal ill that ever comes out, especially ones that are really covered on social media, right? Like these, these big movements like Black Lives Matter, especially, um, every time you get to this sort of critical mass point, right? Where, where more people on social media are talking about something than aren't. Um, and you get to this point, right, where it's like now, you know, during a during during a night of protests against police brutality is not a great time to put out some spawn con about underwear. Right. Um, what we've seen in the gay sort of naked influencer sphere is people doing both. Um, and so why not put a thirst trap? And then next to it, a really 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 long explanation of what racism means to you and so that's what robert michael bray did um this week on instagram and i a a couple things i mean the first thing that needs to be said is that robert michael bray's ass is fantastic it it really like it doesn't atone tone um for everything else but like it's truly fantastic Everything else about this post is bananas. It's truly, I, I just like I need to read. Where is it? It's part of it. He goes, you know, I've been slow to respond to the murder of George Floyd because I've been sick and I'm not joining the protest to keep everyone safe and I'm going to quarantine and talk to my doctor and I'm starting with the man in the mirror because of course he's looking in the mirror <laughs> and he goes, when I was in kindergarten, I stole a packet of gummy candy from a classmate and then blamed it on the only black kid in the class. I can't recall if it was because he was black or if it was convenient, but it could have been either. I've been in the presence of people who have said racist things and who used racist slurs, and while it's always made me uncomfortable, I've seldom castigated anyone. Okay, there's two things here. One, the second piece, I, I mean, that's quite a vernacular for an ass model, and I, I appreciate that, sir. Saying phrases like seldom castigated is, I'm a little attracted just a little. Um, but the first, like, why? Why are you bringing up, like, I, I know what you're trying to do is to atone for the microaggressions that so frequently we as white people do and not even think about it until in some cases years later. But it's sort of like, madam, what, what are you, what are you doing? Um, and I think that this is something that I guess I, as, um, I'm not a gay man, um, although I do spend my time with a lot of uh, gay men, um, queer people of all kinds. I do. Um, right. We bought you a, pa- a a ticket as part of the four pack to the Dua concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that I am. I think that I'm at. I I have a seat at the table, and I think that um, I as a as an ally. Um, in this regard, 
um, do I get it? You know what I'm saying? Ally for Game. You could get into Chromatica without having to wait in a really hundred percent, hundred percent. So I want you to take this honest critique um, by saying I think that there is a there must be a rule on the internet that indicates if a news item is uh, trending enough on Twitter and Instagram that invariably one white gay man will post a thirst trap about it. Absolutely. And I think I just, this is an element of like the specifically gay male culture that I just don't fucking understand y'all. Like I get having like stances. I get being in the know. I get watching the news, but like, why do you need to like express your political opinion or your, or your news opinion while also um, directing people to look at the, like your dick print or your six pack or your butt like I just I like this is where like I don't understand it's like the horniness of thirsty gay man Twitter is like on maximum like and it's just not the same for women do you know what I mean like lesbians and bisexuals are out here like like just you know posting like helpful resource guides and like collages about like how you can um call your senator and Lauren you know, Lauren I feel like you are giving them too much credit right now bisexual protest uh assigned female at birth twitter right now is like what if we kissed during a protest ha 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 unless I mean, yes. Okay, yes. Bisexual, bisexual female Twitter is always horny, but I think but it's horny like, in context. I mean, you're not seeing. You're not seeing the same. It. You're not seeing the. Get it. <laughs> I'm so here for it. Hey. <laughs> Unless no, and I think that this is really true though, and I think that it's something that like I personally like don't understand, but it's very much like must get rid of toxic in community. <laughs> No, it's it is one thousand like must get rid of toxic and community was a joke, and then it became like a rallying cry, and now it's come back around, reversed out of the driveway called Meta, and it's literally just it's just this is a picture of a man wearing no clothes with his ass crack out again, really nice ass crack, talking about how crack. what racism means to his Caucasian pantsless existence. <laughs> yes yes and i just i don't know it's like one of those things where i'm like do gay men go like collect the white gays is this like a moment for like white gays to reach out to other white gays is this just like a, a, a at some point like a man just gets too handsome and too homosexual to understand that you can make statements and people will listen to you without you being naked like i just like these are the things that i have like in my brain and i just i don't understand how to fix it it's just weird because it's it's kind of like, you know, as as a member of like Thirst Twitter slash Thirst Instagram, because um, it's like a season pass. Once you just once you buy one, you just get all the you just get access to all the others. Um, like I would have I would have just liked the photo if if at the bottom it was just like. Hey, guys. It's Thursday. Here's a picture of my butt. 
Like it didn't have to be like that, but so often it is. And I don't, I don't, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't either. And I just, but it's, I think, but I, I, think is... I think what he was going, like I can, I can sort of understand maybe what he was going for. Right. Like there's this, there's this weird bastardized idea, right? Like we talk a lot about megaphones, right? Like you have a megaphone. A lot of people follow you or a lot of people, you know, listen or watch or, 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 or whatever, use it for good. And I know that, that somewhere in deep in this, like hair product adult brain, some of these people are like, well, if I draw people in with a picture of my butt, then I can talk about Black Lives Matter. Like, I kind of get that thought process, right? Which is use your megaphone, whatever it is. But it's a swing and a miss with this one. And it just, it just, I, I, like, I, I, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt. And I'm hoping that I'm not just giving the benefit of the doubt because I've got, I've got to close this tab. This butt is just yeah. too much. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, and, but like, and this is where, this is where we involve you, uh, Nothing Matters uh, listeners. Um, I challenge you today uh, to deliver Ben and I the most wokest, smartest, best thirst trap PSA, gay thirst trap PSA you have ever seen. A best, or wor- best or worst? Best. I'm talking like, when does it work? And I want somebody to prove me wrong. Tell me when it works. Be like, this was horny and I learned something. Like, I want somebody with a with a with a feather boa, a a cis man with a feather boa and an Ivy Park onesie, like jumpsuit with the dick print out. And then all the caption is just here are six ways that you can fight police brutality in your community right now. Exactly. Exactly. Give me those. Send those to us. Slide into our DMs with like the revolutionary thirst trap Instagram post and you could be featured on the next Nothing Matters when Ben and I dig our microphones out of the closet in six months. Okay, Lauren. Um, let's go ahead and um, and just and just um, I'm so sorry. To, I'm so sorry to this man. Uh, but I, th- I feel like we need, I feel like we just need to just rapid fire. I know we're going to want to get into this stuff. It just has to be said. All of the other bullshit, just all of the other shit that we were going to talk about this week that we just yeah. can't. Can you just, can you just go through just like the, the single line of all of them and yes. we'll just leave it to ponder for everyone else? Okay. Uh, number one is uh, my favorite so far, which is quickly going to be replaced. Which is um, 4chan and right-wing Twitter trying to create these, like, trending topics about, about you know, police brutality um, actually being good or, like, all lives matter. And getting their, their trending topic shit utterly rocked by K-pop stands posting fan cams. I love me K-pop fan. Like, honestly. This is like the best unholy alliance I've ever like I've I've really genuinely ever seen since two days prior when um, the pictures started to surface of 
uh, local Amish population supporting Black Lives Matter, which is fantastic, and and we continue to stand by them. It's just it's. Yeah. It's just, it goes back to that, remember that Avengers meme, the like, this is the most ambitious crossover event in history. Mm-hmm. That, that's this. Yeah. That's this. Stan, Stan, hold on, I, I, I got this, I, I, I've studied. Stan Luna? Correct. Stan Luna, uh, got a shout out to Stan Jungkook, uh, K-pop fans들은, uh, 사실에 감사합니다. Yes, that. Also, I learned what a, a black pink was this week, but we, we can talk about that one later. Okay. Um, <laughs> noted potato-faced idiot Jake Paul has been charged with looting. Fuck him, man. Fuck that potato face. Fuck his potato body. Fuck his potato brain, dude. I can't. I can't eat. How you loot from the Cheesecake Factory on camera? How you loot a but it was like a bottle of Smirnoff. Smirnoff, sir. You're worth like million oh, I can't. And then he was like, and then he did the whole, you know, Paul family thing where you, that you get in front of the camera, you're like, I was just there as a witness. And it's like, sir, you were you were no, trying you to weren't. get you were trying to get lit at the Scottsdale, Arizona Cheesecake Factory. Why you gotta fight with me a cheesecake? You know I like to go there. Yeah. He just he was he he wanted um he was looking to eat good in the neighborhood, and he <laughs> he ended up stumbling into the cheesecake, you know, as its glass was shattering. Category is up- looted cheesecake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, the next one is my new favorite. David Guetta remixed the Martin Luther King Jr. I Have a Dream speech and then put a freaking drop on it. Yeah, I listen. I don't think that we can really comment on this truly. I think that we just have to leave it in the show notes and just let everybody else realize what horrors Caucasian people have brought to this world. I don't ever again in my miserable Caucasian life ever want to hear the phrase shout out to the family of George Floyd said ever again by anyone of any race, much less a white guy from France before he drops the beat on a shitty EDM remix word turns out maybe doja cat is a right-wing shit poster and um lauren in in so many years of knowing each other and of doing this podcast off and on we have finally found it we have found the time when azealia banks was correct broken clock is right twice a day but that's all i have to say azealia, azealia really was like called out Nikki for her continued annoyance and 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 jealousy of Cardi and basically was like you really had to go because she kept she she went on live I think and she just kept calling Doja Cat a white bitch because as it turns out Doja Cat's from South Africa which has some pretty racist history and yeah she was basically like why you get on a remix with that white with that white bitch I would have sent her back to the emerald mines where she belongs so um that's a quote for the ages. And you know what? Between that and just like straight up shit talking Elon Musk, like maybe Azealia's not horrible. She's bad, but like maybe she's not horrible. Every once in a while, she's good actually. And that's okay. I can live with that. Um, and, and honestly, like I was kind of surprised when Doja came back with Moo. Um, and I was like, oh, she's not canceled. Cause I remember all the way back in the day when Doja Cat was talking about how she's bisexual. So she's allowed to say the F word that. No, that was the aftermath of Moo. That was between Moo and then 
album? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, I don't. I, I just remember that that happened. That was when she had that that tweet, that tweet of the ages, and she's like, "I've said faggot approximately a hundred times in my life," and it was like, "Yeah, ma'am, log, log off." You log cannot. Off. I do not care. I do not care how queer that you identify yourself as. You do not like just, just, just don't. You don't. Don't. There's a there's a there's a class of people that can say that word and you are not in that class of people. It does not matter if you have a seat to the table. It does not matter if they bought you do a leap of tickets, okay, girl? Like you just you can't and you Ugh. shouldn't and you don't. And so now that we find out that she's on tiny chat, like showing her titties and talking about like um you know, Gamergate shit and whatever and um, you know, twerking for white men or whatever, like Honestly, um, it's a bummer because, you know, I think that it it is difficult um, for women in the rap game, even now, even as uh, since Nothing Matters uh, went off the air praising uh, uh, female rappers, comes back on the air praising female rappers. There has been a boon of amazing artists. um, And to be honest, it's still hard out there. But, you know, if Doja Cat can't keep her act right like that's cool um there are many 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 talented female rappers who are ready to take her place i don't i I, I, I i don't remember much about luna but stan chica stan chica for sure okay uh drag race crowned two amazing black queens this past season um but still has to deal with the fact that its fandom is racist yeah I mean, nothing new there. Uh, everything that we already know, we've been new, sis. Uh, season 12 was an anomaly. Yeah. Um, it was it, uh, hard, to, hard to, to, to really dive in in just a, a couple seconds um, how Drag Race Season 12 was an anomaly. Uh, maybe one day we will get back to that discussion uh, in a, on, a, on a broadcast. I love how I keep being like, maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll talk about this. Maybe someday we'll talk someday about Someday after All Stars 7. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, Jada Essence Hall, The Essence of Beauty, Snatched the Crown, rightfully so, is an amazing artist, is a damn seamstress. I just is a, wish is she had a better hero person. at it. I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I yeah. personally discounted her. Not discounted her, but I didn't like stan her as much as like in the aftermath of her winning just like looking back at pieces of her her run on drag race and being like fuck that was iconic yeah and it's just like the edit i'm blaming the edit a little bit i'll blame myself too personally but like oh god she's so iconic and we didn't get it yeah, it's difficult. I mean, there's a chance that whatever her storyline may have been or could have been ha- was indelibly warped by Sherry Pie having been fully vaporized out of the season. Um, something that we cannot, will not know um, unless, you know, World of Wonder, if you're not cowards and you want to release the original Sherry Pie edit of the season, um, now that it's all said and done with, I think that uh, the people have the right to know exactly where you saw Sherry in this whole grand scheme of things. I'd be interested in that. Um, give, give that to me. Just slide the tapes over to me. If you work at World of Wonder, I want them tapes. 
Um, but yeah, Jada Essence Hall, I think, is a fantastic artist and is a wonderful person. Just a just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. Cannot cannot speak more highly to her maturity, her poison polish, her her grace and charisma. Uh, I think she's fantastic. I hope one day, if I'm ever back in the bar, I'm able to share backstage with her. I I would love to tell her how fantastic I think that she is, um, and just stand quietly uh, in front of her. Um, the way that I have for a small handful of uh, former drag race queens. Uh, shout out to Ms. Cracker. Um, and uh, on top of all this, um, Heidi Aphrodite, Heidi yes. in the closet, um, got Ms. Congeniality in just what I assume is a blackout. I assume she just won hands down and there was no question. What an entertaining and charming and lovely and thoroughly wonderful person to watch on television yes fantastic and can't speak more highly of her or her her spirit as well she's fantastic um but yeah i mean uh drag race fandom still racist um nothing is new there there were um many 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 drag race stands um specifically those who were hashtag team gg good uh who came for jada in particular came for heidi a little bit but mostly came for jada and talked about how how she was given the win because she was black and all this other shit and um you know to to Gigi's credit although she's been stepping in shit recently um she did have something very nice to say about how um loving drag race is loving all of drag race and you should love all the queens and just because she didn't win uh doesn't mean that she should that fans should be directing hate anywhere else and i think that that's really important but yeah speaking of must get rid of toxic in community if you can tell me a really smart way to make drag race uh less uh problematic for fans i am all ears Mm, extremely same all right lauren the next one is um someone it's 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 uh, Serena Williams's husband. His name is Alexis O O Ohanian O O Ohanian. Anyways, this guy who I've never heard from is completely irrelevant as compared to his wife and child. Um, I guess sat on the board at Reddit. Yeah, Mr. Serena Williams. Um. Was a former Alexis Ohanian's the former CEO of Reddit. Keep in mind that he was CEO of Reddit, um, it, basically for like the the first bit of its existence. Um, uh, and he was a part of the ethos of Reddit's free speech, uh, mm, ethos, right? The good stuff. And um, today he uh, basically said that he was ceding his position on the Reddit board to deliver to a black board member and that he was going to um, donate all proceeds going forward that he receives from Reddit. He's going to donate all of it to um, black community focused organizations. Which, in the words of uh, an icon, Joanna Jojo Levesque, is really just too little too late. Also, how do you sit in such a position of power to make and really realize real change on a network that still plays an outsized role in the internet and still has a huge race and gender problem? And you're just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just just give it to somebody else. 
Like, this is your megaphone. This is your moment. Like, this is like, you. You are Mr. Reddit. Like, if anyone had the ability to change this thing that has the ability to change the internet, you're literally sitting in that chair, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and his inability to affect change. Like, here's the thing, right? Like, I don't really give a fuck about the board seat. What I like, if he wanted, he can give the money away. To be honest with you, all business people and CEOs and celebrities and athletes are totally welcome to give their money away to charitable causes. They should be giving more of their money away. They should be paying their fucking taxes. Right. Um, that is just a baseline. That is something that we should expect from all of them because they are all insanely wealthy and they can afford it. But... I honestly, him giving up the board seat, in my opinion, although I think has good intentions, to me it's saying like, oh, I really can't affect change in the way that I want to. And um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine on Twitter and she was like, this is like the version of like as a father of a daughter. And that's that's just true, right? <sighs> like, like Alexis Ohanian is doing the as a father of a daughter excuse to get himself out of um, trying to deal with the real nasty, ugly shit that Reddit has had to deal with. He has never, ever, 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 ever had to answer for what happened with Gamergate. He never has had to answer for all of the pages that they have had to ban, uh, including our Coontown. Never forget our oh, Coontown. God, I almost um, forgot about that one. And our dead jailbait, these subreddits that were absolutely vile, unconscionable, but kept because, of course, on Reddit, even hate speech is free speech. And that idea even locally affected his fucking wife. Like, like nobody is under the impression that somehow Serena Williams didn't receive racist hate or weird racist fetishization on Reddit. She absolutely did, absolutely has. Like, and, and the truth is that, like, Alexis Ohanian does not want to address any of that. He does not want to claim responsibility for that. That's why he he gave his CEO seat to Ellen Powell, um, who was forced to clean up his mess um, under an insane amount of ridicule and hate from the Reddit community, lest we forget the subreddit R Chairman Powell. Mm. Um, which likened her to, uh, obviously, Mao Zedong and was incredibly racist and horrible to her, left her to clean up the mess. And so when she couldn't cut it, because, of course, women only get positions of power in times of crisis, um, they, they've since uh, given it back to, oh, my gosh, I can't even remember his name, but I can see his, like, face. I'm, uh, like, 90% sure his name is Steve. It's back in the hands of a white man. And it's just, like... Uh, I, yeah, okay, sure, dude, sure, but I'm not, like, I don't think that this is a strong, powerful leadership move, I don't think it, it has the same kind of impact, um, as it, as it would if he was just like, and also I'm sorry for this other stuff. I just, I still don't get it. Um, remember Alexis Nyers? You know, Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. Turns out she's down with BLM now. 
Yes. Well, she's not only down with BLM, but Alexis Haynes is um, an amazing um, sober um, counselor and socialist. And she has a great podcast called Recovering from Reality, which is honestly wonderful, wonderful to listen to. I highly recommend everybody. Like, just go check in on um, recovering from reality because it, she really has dug deep into talking about what it was like being exploited as a teenager, um, having uh, dealing with a, 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 a alcohol and drug problem um, under the eye of reality TV, being exploited as a teenager with the bling ring and all of these other things. Like... I'm honestly, I, I love it. You love to see it. I love to see it for her. Um, I'm proud that she is, you know, come this far and she is a, she's a mom and she's a counselor and yeah, she's got a really sick podcast and she's down with the cause and a total comrade. So shout out to you, Alexis. Mm. And we have to close out with something that's near and dear to my heart because, um, it's it's actually not near and dear to my heart, but I really wish I was on vacation right now. Um, disgraced former congressperson Aaron Schock is currently living his best Instagram influencer life in Cabo St. Lucas because he went down there with a bunch of ass models like the one that we were talking about before and then quarantine hit and so they're still down there. <laughs> Just like living their best white Caucasian Instagram friendly life. And honestly, this is the white gay nonsense that I need because it's so trash. It's so trash. Is a real question for you, Ben. Is Aaron Shock the new white gay man who must be stopped? Uh, yeah, considering that uh, <laughs> that Aaron Shock took a break from like, I don't know, like eating avocado off of somebody else's abs um to do a blackout post this week and it's like Aaron Shock you were a republican in congress like i don't remember his 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 voting record enough to know if he made any you know votes that would be racist but i'm going to go out on a limb here and say he probably did yeah you abused the public trust you got off on a technicality and now you're trying to shout out BLM like it's OPP? Like, you know what, Lauren? Until such a time as I find someone better, Aaron Schock is the nothing matters, insta-thought insta memorial, white man who should be stopped, award recipient and holder. Congratulations to you, Aaron Schock. That's an honor. It really is. All right, Ben. Lauren, let's put this shit out. Let's just just get right to it. What's the thing that's like that's like keeping you you in all of this? Because we literally just went through the biggest dumpster fire we maybe ever have. You know, I think that this will come as no surprise to those who know me. Uh, but if it wasn't for Animal Crossing right now, I literally don't know how my spirit would be centered. Animal Crossing is that game. It is still that game. It will forever, ever be that game. I, I honestly, I can't speak more about the fact that there is a game that is literally about being kind to others 
and participating in a community and not having anxiety or stress. Um, that that game is out in the world right now, that it is a game that I can play, uh, that I can turn on and just enjoy for however long, however short, and just be on an island, catch some bugs, say hi to some cute animals, fish a little bit, go shop at the store, and just live on this little island, especially right now. Like, I can't really go outside. I can't really see my friends. I can't, you know, I'm craving interaction. Um, and this game has really served as like a great, not only a great way for me to sort of feel like I can be quote unquote outside and quote unquote experience things, but also it's been a really wonderful platform for me to see my friends because obviously. You know, you can fly to other people's islands. Um, it's been wonderful to see how my friends have made, you know, little islands and how they've, you know, played Animal Crossing themselves. And it's been a really, like, fun experience to have that solidarity with others. And, yeah, game of the year. I can speak on this topic for basically as long as this podcast has been running. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, if you have a Nintendo Switch, if you're thinking about getting a Nintendo Switch and Animal Crossing in like even a little bit of it sounds interesting or compelling to you, you will fall in love, I think. I, 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 I love Animal Crossing so much. What about you, Ben? What is extinguishing your fire? So aside from the fact that I am just like furiously pedaling my little indoor bike trainer as fast as my little stupid legs can get me, um, I, I, I have to give it to Chromatica because I don't know what it, it's been. I, I don't, I don't know what about the last couple of weeks has really just like completely drawn me back to house music, but something has. And so this was before Chromatica came out. And when, when the Ariana Grande song <clears throat> came out, I was like, oh, Oh, Gaga's really like just trying to just like bake me a giant casserole of mac and cheese for my soul that is house music and I will eat it. And so there's a lot to be said about Gaga and I'm sure we could like do an entire other episode about whether Chromatica is actually like a quote good album, but like it's house music and it's what I needed to just keep going. And so... Honestly, that's that's what I needed. And what I didn't know I needed in addition is um, on the song uh, Babylon, where Gaga does her best um, Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 uh, impersonation. And she just keeps saying, that's gossip, like in a really like low house vocal fry vocal fry but like house down boots like very much at the ball right like that's gossip and um i mean let's be frank it's a little bit of just a retread of vogue um to begin with but like i'm okay with that for now i'm okay with that this is the first like the first gaga era in a long time where i i just i felt like it wasn't the album wasn't just like almost almost overshadowed by this just incredibly massive hype. It's just like, she was just like, I want to, I want to make some music. 
It's okay. It's good. You know, it's good. It's good enough for me, and it extinguishes my fire. So there you go. All right, Ben. All right, let's bring this home. This has like taken like two years off of my life. Hmm. Um, just just the amount of fire. There's so much fire. There's so many dumpsters. What are we? It's all right. Do? That's why. That's why we're back. So I feel like what we need to commit ourselves to is like the next, like it, it's, it's like a dumpster, right? Like the next time the dumpster is full, we have to do another one of these. Okay. Now. Well, that could be next week. That could be fucking tomorrow, but like, maybe not tomorrow, but yeah, I, 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 I would be okay with that. Are you going to leave them with words of wisdom or should I? You got some wisdom? Cause I've got no, I've got no truisms besides the that's gossip that I, 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 I just had. <clears throat> and remember, call your elected officials. Fuck, that was wise. Call them. They work for you. Hey. Hey.